Hello, and welcome to Verbal Component. I'm Ashley, and I play Maraid. Thank you so much for listening. Now, I'd best get back to the bar. So, Maraid, you're throwing a punch at Nora. Throwing a punch at Nora's uh, face! As, as all of you start seeing this, uh, one of Everalt's hands flashes that same blue kind of crackling electricity that all of you have seen. Uh, you have disadvantage on your attack. Oh, Fifi also rammed into you. You have disadvantage on your attack. Uh, good thing they don't stack. <laughs> yep. Um, Everald's arm comes shooting out and attempts to intercept. Uh, this is an, uh, 13. Clink. Yep. Uh, I hope I dented your cheek and then Mairead will just leave. Okay, so you're at your bar tomorrow. Everald well, says. We'll be there all day. What's a day? Mm. I don't know what is a day. I'm just saying I've lived in the in the Feywild my whole life. <laughs> I've never been asked that question before. Sorry. Oh. How do you mark day? Anyway, <laughs> um, Everett kind of shakes their hand, and the blue lightning like crackles away and grounds itself. Uh, okay. I don't know what that was about. But it seems like the lot of you have some talking to do. I'm going to observe that you just rescued a treant from some extremely dangerous people and saved, as Nora so eloquently put it in there, many lives. Like a lot. Especially lives of the Fae who were in there. We did that? The group of you did that. That was good. Whatever Althanor needs to do to appease his people, to keep his court happy, whatever he needs to do to, I don't know, keep going as Green Warden, that doesn't matter. The fact that you killed a hag, sure, whatever. I mean, it matters a bit, but... You did a good thing. Alright, I will see you tomorrow. What is the name of the bar that we're meeting at? Beyond Twilight? Beyond Shadows? Shadows? Uh, it's Beyond Everall something. Everall reacts. Like, not gonna have you roll initiative. Everall's <clears throat> eyes widen, and they just go, Beyond Shadows? Yeah. Yes, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Beyond Shadows. Sounds right to me. How much do you know about Marie? She's clearly self-interested. She's clearly a team player. <laughs> That's... She's a half-orc. <laughs> sure. She has two dads. Okay. This is an odd smattering of information to know about someone. None she of these statements appear to be connected. A barbarian. A what now? A barbarian. I think it is her own invention. It's like a... Honestly, I feel like a scald would be a better term for that. You know, it's got a basis in historical fact, right? Sure. Kel, you know what skulls are, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. But that's not important right now. <laughs> wow, I've heard that a lot today. Um... 
So tomorrow then, should we go to the Joy tomorrow, Guard station? No, meet at District Dance or ugh, meet at Beyond Shadows. I feel like we might need a drink to get through this. Okay. What Shall time we is it? Go back to the prime material. Get in there? Uh, you feel like it's late. You feel like today has been a big day and you've done a lot. Well, we're all heading back to the prime material. Should we catch a train? Yeah, are we going back to school? I I planned on it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Marin, do you head directly back to your barn? No. Okay. Where are you stopping first? My dad's house. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> um, so you walk up to the small cottage. Storm up. Storm up <laughs> to the small cottage. Inside, you can hear uh, what instrument does your uh does hedgy play um he plays a number of them okay. but uh the which one would he default to if he were writing a song probably probably the lute it's mm. classic sure so as you're storming up the pathway mm-hmm. uh you hear a couple of lute noises, and then a pause, and then the same lute noises again, and then a pause, and then the same lute noises again, but with a difference this time. Uh, you recognize the sound of your father trying to write a song. Um, I will go outside of the window that's nearest to him. Okay. And lay down in the garden bed. Okay. And just listen. Um, he make a, make a, like, roll and add your ability to know (laughs) things about music? I don't know what skill that would fall under. Performance? Uh, I would say performance. I would argue performance. I would say performance. I don't have to argue anything. Intelligence-based performance, maybe? Ooh. Sure. Or wisdom-based performance. I could see either way. I'll do intelligence-based. Okay. Also, I don't have to argue anything. I'm the DM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six. Ooh. Um. Ooh, bard. You're just so mad. I, I know. I rolled a two on the die, and I'm just. Marie just has tears streaming down her sure. face, and she's hiding herself in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Your dad is apparently trying to work out. Uh. The. No, you rolled real bad. Uh, your dad's playing the same melody line over and over, but it sounds a little bit different each time. Like, sometimes it's a little bit sad, sometimes it's more happy. You think that he might be trying to work out what type of song this is? Sure. In his own head. And he just... If you do nothing, he will continue playing. You, you recognize this as a thing that he does. He just write songs. I will do nothing. Okay. And eventually fall asleep and fall asleep. Sounds good. Um, the rest of you, <coughs> you, I assume, get on a lightning rail to Ikata, the district uh, that is on the prime material. Do you guys just, like, 
silently look at each other, or? Uh, as soon as, like, we get onto the train, uh, I'm gonna, like, turn to, uh, Benji and Kel and just say, I'm sorry about what happened here. I acted with intentions of doing something that I thought was good, but I failed to recognize the consequences of what had happened. And you have suffered because of that, and I'm sorry. What do you want to get out of all this? I don't know. I heard What did you want? What did you want to happen? I heard that hag talk about generational curses and the prospect of no, no. Children. What did you want to happen today? I thought we were just going to return a treant and generally, I don't know, do something good. <clears throat> That's all that I tried to do. Kel, what do you know about hags? They're evil. They commit evil. They add more evil to the world. One less hag can only be a good thing. All creatures are capable of ideas. New thoughts, new knowledge. You don't know what was lost by ending that hag's mind. Kel, knowledge is good, but doesn't your, well, I believe, and many others, I think, would agree, sometimes knowledge should have bounds. Sometimes knowledge of evil and evil knowledge, evil works, should be forgotten. I agree. You're so what it's worth, I am sorry. Apparently it does not seem like it is worth much. I helped, so I don't know. I don't think you should be sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> Ashley almost sneezed. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't. But did not. <laughs> and nobody would have yeah. known that if you hadn't called it a, called it out right. I didn't want to ruin a moment. <laughs> uh, Made a better one. Do you intend to meet with him tomorrow? I think so. What do you gain from that? I don't know. What are you trying to gain? What? Why are we digging ourselves into this hole more and more? Well, at the very least, we're not under... We're not being charged with a crime by Everall, so there's nothing to lose. And to gain, we might gain insight into that masked individual who has framer technologies outside of the realm of normal and apparently is interesting in uh, creating a widespread demon plague. And I would personally rather not see that. So that's what I stand to gain. Wouldn't you like to learn about what is going on under the surface of our apparently uh, unknowing daily lives? Oh, I would. Are you going to join us then? I think we know enough already. We saw this thing. Well, what Who else can say that? 
what would you propose we do as next steps in that case? Homework. She's really good at that. Let's do some studying based on what we already know, which is a lot. A lot more than anyone else that we've encountered today. Well, it is in the best interest for the general guard divisions of the... Why? What good have they, they done have us today the or ever? It is better that we give the appearance of cooperation. They don't know what we know. Then let's be cagey about what we know. He's fighting. I was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Gwen has either Snapchat or Instagram out right now. I have a vested interest in not telling any guard division the extent of what I've been doing. Technically, I am not supposed to have weapons. I am still on parole. I think we can meet with them, but later. When we know what use they would be to us. Do you think we should reschedule? I would. Give it a few days. Yeah, what do you think they want to talk about? I oh. suspect Evrolf wants to know more about the nature of who in his organization he cannot trust. Sorry, they cannot trust. Uh, Everall, just to clear this up, canonically uses both he and they interchangeably. Oh, okay, good. Um, <coughs> So, strictly speaking, um, Everald is an Eladrin, which is a type of fae that is more, or er, type of elf, not fae, that is more changeable than most. They change um, appearance and form uh, with regard to whatever emotion they are currently feeling. Um, you can read whatever you would like into the fact that Everald is typically a winter Eladrin, uh, but... <laughs> that being the chief is a soulless job and he <laughs> feels dead inside. Yeah. Uh, but does not, like, take pronouns particularly. Like, they is fine because Everald is so changeable. People tend to default to he sometimes. He's fine with it. <laughs> Gwen is showing us a video of us fighting. No, it's me reacting to you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, lot, lot of we, yeah, we should dive back in. I'm sorry for that aside. Uh, Nora, you were saying. Um, I could send a sending. We could delay this. I just feel like it is best to do this conversation now before we do homework and then we have more that we need to lie about. I think it also might be helpful Cal to at least meet initially as a sign that we're working together uh, just to get a feel for exactly what the guard wants to know. If the guard wants to know something very surface level that we can divulge without revealing any of the depth of what we know, then we can get them out of our hair immediately. If the guard wants to know more information, as we suspect they do, then we say 
we really rather uh, confirm what we know and meet with you later to reveal everything. There's no law against keeping silent. You can refuse to self-incriminate. Fine. I think, I just think it would be helpful, uh, it would add to our knowledge. Uh, you know, meet with this god again, see what exactly they want, and learn a little bit more. Maybe we're putting it off, putting off revealing what we know until later, but at least that way we know what they want. I see your point. Everyone we've encountered these last few days has given us part of what they know. Yes. <laughs> Working with Faye is irritating, and I, well, I don't really have a choice in this matter, but had I a choice, I would never intend to work with them again. I guess I've just lost a bit of trust that anyone we're going to talk to in this whole experience is ever going to tell us exactly what they know. So maybe we need to start playing that game, too. That's logical. Hands out. That seems fair to me. I think we should all agree no secrets between the two. Yeah, that that's good. <laughs> that's really good. That's a good one. But also, I shouldn't talk, <laughs> for the most part, to people who are important, because I'm a bad liar. Isn't it true, Kel? Mm. I can't do it. Unless you want to teach me how to lie. That might be fun. Um, and also... Maybe we should all take a vow of celibacy or something so we figure out something to do about the first one. I actually problem. have a plan um, for that. I, it is morally questionable and I would like to speak with it, the entire group, speak, speak about it with the entire group. Um, but I believe it would work uh, quite well for us. Okay. Until well, you no. tell us the plan, well, yes. vow of celibacy. <laughs> e not, not yes, for the evening. Please <laughs> refrain. I'll try to keep myself to myself on the way home. Speaking Help. of, the, uh, <laughs> because uh, Ekatara runs on nothing if not narrative <laughs> timing, uh, the um, lightning room judders to a halt at the first of your stops. Who gets off the train first? It doesn't matter. Does the lightning rail, this is important for my narrative cohesion, <laughs> does it like have an automated voice that goes this station is Vigil's End. <laughs> <laughs> this station is West Point. Um, you are pretty <laughs> sure that it is automated, but occasionally like the voice burps. <laughs> so it's a big old shrug. Okay. That's a good sign. Promising. Uh, I'll get off first, and I'll look at you guys, and then like pass a glance over the rest of the car, yep. and I'll just be like, "See you tomorrow." Why do I have still like really bloody? <laughs> yeah. Like, am I really beat you? Up? So your wounds are healed. Yes, but like the you look a tr. Well, yeah. hang on. This is a good question. 
did you take off the judges' robes and wigs that you had to wear for yes. this trial? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, for sure. Then yes, no, you look a mess. Cute. <clears throat> I would get off but to stop after Norris, because I can assume we live relatively near each other. You do. Alright. Uh cool. so through, you exit the car. Bye. Bye. See you tomorrow. And Kel and Benji, you are alone. You know that the next stop is, ooh, about 10 minutes away. Or, sorry, not the next stop, but your stop. It's about 10 minutes away. Hey. I can, I can skip ahead to that stop, or y'all <laughs> can have a moment. I don't want to be yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know anything? What do you mean? About what we study all day. What do you mean? Their rules are not our rules. We were in their world. The rules? If they came here, that they... That you should care about. Transcend their laws. Mm. How do you not know that? Do you pay any attention to what we study all day? I don't know. <laughs> I know how to do the spells. I can memorize I them. I worry that it just doesn't matter to you. What do you mean? What matters is the group. What matters is the team. I didn't want you to do that. And I'm on the team, I think. Just huddle up before you make the big call, okay? What would you have done instead? What if we resisted? Said no? I did say no. I. But what if we all did? What would have happened? They probably would have. I don't know, us. but we would have been together. I don't know, Kel. Why are you worried about that? We got out of that? that. We got out of there. At what cost? Baruch seems to have something figured out. And you'll just rely on Baruch? He's on the team. You gotta trust other people. I dropped my dice, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta learn to trust other people, Kel. I don't know what they want. 
wanted to get out of there. Well, we did that. We did. You're smarter than me. That's true. But you have to know that when I do things, it's because I believe that it's what's right. Fair enough. Just keep in mind what we said in Elder. Okay. What if we disagree on what it means, though? Have you ever thought about that? Then I guess we'll talk about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Ding. Uh, the voice that may or may not be automated says, um, uh, Midtown. Midtown. Sanctuary of our patron's grace. Disembarking now. Uh, and you guys step off. The sanctuary itself, because this is the first time that we've ever been there, uh, takes up an entire city block. Um, the front gates are open because it is although creeping towards dusk not yet sundown at which point they close you step into the courtyard that is the central focus point of this area directly ahead of you you see the cathedral um the church itself has like it's very notre dame looking it's got the the big round circular window in the center rip notre dame um and the like high vaulted roofs, the bell tower, it looks very classical and a little bit austere. Um, to the right, you know, are the classroom area, the training grounds, and the infirmary slash hospital, where both um, consecrated priests and new initiates uh, attend to the sick and injured who come seeking the sanctuary. To your left are all of the bunkhouses and dormitories that service not only the uh, students, which you are, but also those who have taken vows to the patrons and who have made this into their life's calling. Directly ahead of you, you see the statue of the four uh, deities of the patronage, uh, the statue in the center of the courtyard. Facing directly towards you, you see Sahayoga, the uh, deity that Benji follows, the incarnate of collective action. Their long mane of dreadlocks flowing down their shoulders and back, five of their six hands containing the tools of their gift, a short spear, a tower shield, a mason's trowel, a winnowing fork, a laurel wreath, and one hand extended out towards the gates, empty, held open in invitation. At Sahayoga's back, facing directly towards the, the cathedral, Natela kneels on one bent leg, twin daggers sheathed on her back. She is the Eidolon of individual pursuit. She keeps her face robed and cowled, her gaze downcast, one of her hands brushes at the flat surface of the flint, seeking for tracks. Her other hand studies a book, propped open on her thumb. To Sayuga's left, towards the uh, 
grounds of the temple, the form of Intesha stands, poised to leap into the air. This is the deity that Cal follows, the incandescent of novel ideation. His hair streams like cloud stuff diffusing into mist behind him, his lips in the familiar restless grin, and only one the ball of one foot still on the plinth. He seems caught in a moment of ecstatic abandon. Finally, facing the other way, towards the train, uh, towards the temple living quarters, <laughs> Budiko's seated figure rests calmly in their wheeled chair. One hand holds the scales of judgment aloft, the other cradles a sealed scroll. Their walking sticks lie across their lap. Though their face is stern, their eyes remain soft and kind. Budiko, you are all familiar, is the exemplar of practiced wisdom. So, entering into the temple grounds, you see the four statues standing above you. Um, the, you know where your dorms are. Each of you has a private room. Uh, that has a, unless you would like not to have a private room. Oh, I was thinking, I feel like my Good roommate boys. would hate me. <laughs> like, I would have a sweet, nerdy roommate, and Benji would be like, hey! Do you want that, or would you rather? <laughs> so the way that I was picturing this was basically communal bathrooms, but each mm -hmm. individual has, almost like a monastic cell, has their yeah, own that private makes room. Sense. That that makes sense. Okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> So each of you has a private room that is basic. This is an state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a private religious college. This is death. That's exactly what Benji's making. Benji's roommates hate Benji though. Not not roommates, but like the people, the people on either side. <laughs> the people with whom you share a wall just hate. I go into their room all the time. I'm like, hey. Do you in there? Hey, bro. Can I have your notes? Can I have your notes? I'm headed to the gym. You want to come? Come on, spot me, spot me. So each of you has a private room. It's essentially a monastic cell. It's a little bit bigger than that. You have a bed, you have a desk, you have a like dresser for different types of clothing. Uh, Benji, you probably have several duffel bags just kind of scattered it's around the room. It's very messy. <laughs> uh, Kel, I'm going to assume that you have at least one, if not two, bookshelves. Mm. Yep. Uh, if there, is there anything that the two of you would like to do before you find yourselves to your rest? Shower. Uh, yeah. Sure. Cool. Uh, the. Yeah, the water as it goes down the drain is is, is brown, yeah. uh, brackish. You, yeah. The the bathroom doesn't Kel look is, great. Kel is Kel is like it's all washing over Kel. Like yeah. what the, what just happened? Yeah. Like this whole thing. You know? Yes. She's like you are you are both cool. washing off two days of just travel through yeah. the Feywild. Mm -hmm. There is dust and dirt from your quarry on your boots. Uh, <laughs> Benji, you spent a lot of time going up, down, up, down today. Uh, <laughs> so you are just like, your your armor is kind of a little bit 
torn and dented in places. Uh, and you, as you like peel it off, you just see bruises across your chest. Um, this is a lot of color. Wow. It even shows up on your slate gray skin. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, does anybody else have anything that they want to do? Brooke, what does your place look like in the copy? Small studio apartment. Um, bare necessities. Sure. Do you have a, like a kitchen table with one chair? No kitchen table, bed mat, and a coffee table type, low table, or perhaps uh, almost Japanese style, uh, sit on the floor, nice mat, very clean, again, minimalist, uh, although ice chests, or or what is it? It's a, um, yeah. Oh gosh, no. It's a. It's like a refrigerator. It's not a refrigerator. It's a. I think it's, it's a freezing box. It's but, an opening uh, into the astral plane, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. The astral of, sea. Uh, astral sea with uh, full of you know vegetables, fruits. Uh, it's a freeze box. Freeze produce. box. Yes. Uh, a freeze box. A rectangular chest found in most, if not all, kitchens. This box contains a miniature gate to a similarly-sized box on the Astral Sea, where time does not pass. Storing food items in the box ensures they never rot or go bad. When they are removed, they are exactly as fresh as they were when placed inside. Cool. It's filled mostly with produce because Brook favors the raw fruits, vegetables, uh, legumes, ideas. He just likes eating things from the earth as they are. Absolutely. To make a like, meaning power mold kind of thing. That's it. Hell yeah. <clears throat> okay. Is there a altar to those that came before? Or is there not? Would Baruch have one? Yes. Uh, in case family comes over. Okay. So a, a thin layer of dust on the top that could easily be swept off, for instance? It is It is clearly not used in everyday life yeah. uh, if you're not a member of the Beretis. Absolutely. Uh, it might have like a glass that you finished drinking from and didn't wash on it, something like that. If that were the way that Baruch lived, Sure. <laughs> Nothing is ever dirty uh, as far as you know used items because there's roughly one of them. Okay. <laughs> Understood. Uh, Nora, do you want to do anything before you take a rest? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm gonna go to my shop. Yep. Um, head to like my back room, which is full of like. You have a note from Sunny that just says, "Thanks." There's even an exclamation point on it. Uh, she heads into the back room, sort of like scratches at uh, Fifi's head a little mm-hmm. bit, and like looks at her and is just like, did I do the right thing? Fifi's head nods vigorously up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, share exactly my beliefs, so I wasn't even expecting to hear you know, a difference, but I appreciate it regardless. 
Sheep don't shrug, but Beepy gives the impression of a shrug. She, like, turns her head, like, yeah. sideways. Yeah. And, but uh, bobs her head down so that her shoulders seem to be higher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how much work can I get? Um, Two hours. Uh, you guys aren't meeting until, like, 10 or 11, so I would say closer to four hours on your bag of folding. Um, Sunny, as you are going through the list of orders, Mm -hmm. has actively made an effort to get all of the correct details most of the time. Uh, perhaps because you left five gold, uh... (laughs) But it's it's significantly more complete. There are no missing names. There are no missing measurements. Uh, one or two of them does have a missing color or fabric <laughs> choice, but that could easily just be somebody saying, "Oh, I don't care," and Sunny therefore not writing anything down. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, if we're not meeting for a while, I want to just not not to delay the narrative, but I would like to stay and like greet Sunny as he is entering the store. <laughs> Oh, um, sunny. Oh, sunny. So, uh, <laughs> for the benefit of everyone, uh, Sunny or Sundara is the younger brother of Benji and Kel, who happens to be an apprentice at Lowingate's tailoring, which Nora runs. You can greet him in the morning. Mm-hmm. He has relatively dark bags under his eyes. Um, but he seems enthused to see you, actually. Like, maybe relieved a little bit. He just goes, I've been taking care of as much of them as I can. I've seen. I, there's so many. That's good. That's Nora, Nora, there's so many of them. <laughs> Did you know that you were popular? I had a sneaking suspicion, but it is nice to have it confirmed. Yeah. I mean, if we get popular, that means that we'll have more orders, which means I'll get paid more, which means I can pass more on to you. So yeah. it's in the best interest of us to be popular, right? I'm going to do my best. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to step out. I have a client that I'm meeting with. Okay. It's going to be hopefully not too long, but I hope to be back here in the afternoon. Sure. Yeah. I, I'll hold the fort down. Um. If somebody has no preference as to color, NA is a good thing to put in a color section. Oh, yeah. I think you told me that once. I just forgot. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sonny. Right. Yep. <laughs> bye, <laughs> bye, Nora. <laughs> you stand, That's Sonny. awesome. <laughs> What's he up to, though? Why is he uh, up so late? <laughs> going to hot clubs. Uh, Sonny, I'm Why not? Didn't ask. You um, Marie, you fell asleep in your... Dad's uh, flower bed. Yep. <laughs> what is the like? When do you wake <laughs> up? Do you go that. back to uh, Beyond Shadows? What's going on? Um, I imagine I sleep for a long time. Um, you have no reference for that. It is still dusk. Yes. In early evening, when you wake up. Wild is a weird place. Yeah. Um. I mean, I have this image of being woken up in the morning 
by my father watering his flowers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you, the last moments before you wake up, you hear in your dream filtering through, there is like a someone humming a melody, and then the melody cuts out, and then there's like a second or two, and then your face is doused in cold water. <laughs> I sit straight up. Sure. <laughs> hey, sunshine. Hi, Dad. So, you did fall asleep out here. Um, you do, you know you do have a bed, right? Like, you've got one here, and also you've got one at your, oh god, did you lose your apartment? <sighs> Not quite yet that bad. Okay. okay. So you chose to sleep in the flower bed? I don't know. You're an adult, you can make your own decisions. <laughs> I'm sorry, did we take a long rest? You did, okay. sorry. Everybody succeeded at a long rest. We are in the next morning. I don't know if I chose to fall asleep here, but I chose to listen to your music outside the window. And it's oh no. Then it's now. I, w I was just, last night? I was just writing. Oh. Oh no. I've had a, had a long two days. Okay. Why don't I go put a pot of coffee on and you can come inside and tell me about it. I'd like that. Alright. Um, can I go, can I go shower while the coffee is brewing? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know where it is. Just, yeah. Yeah. But thank you, Dad. So... Um, the last thing that I want to do before we take another break is, uh, Baruch, when you wake up in the morning, there is a, uh, folded envelope under your door, which is how most mail arrives. Great. Uh, it says in a very familiar hand to you, Baruch, uh, Vedra tells us that he was called to serve in a fake court yesterday and you were set on trial for murder. I understand <laughs> that extenuating circumstances probably exist. Spirits know I've had enough of them in my own time. That being said, I encourage you to consider what repercussions your actions may have on other members of your family. With love, your father. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna take a break. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Verbal Component. We hope you are enjoying our podcast. Now, let's return to the action. Okay, and diving back in, is there anything that anyone wants to do prior to the meeting at Beyond Shadows? I'm at a shower. Okay, you, you <laughs> did that, you do that, yes. What do you do with your letter? So, in oh. response to this letter, I just, on the back of it, uh -huh. I write in the fanciest possible calligraphy Absolutely. that I can muster. It's given, very nice. Given my, yes, proficiency with calligraphers' tools. Yes. <laughs> uh, I write, thank you, Father. I'll do my best. <laughs> Baruch. <Wow>. Good. <laughs> Andrew, I am proud of you. <laughs> oh, it's scathing. Oh. Um... You, uh, Nora, 
you had the conversation with Sunny. Mairead, mm-hmm. uh, I assume you have a shower and then go downstairs for coffee with your father. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to roleplay that? Or can you? would you just like to summarize how the conversation goes? Mairead um, just sits in silence. Okay. And uh, her father, Hedgy, would know when to recognize when she's spiraling and when just to leave her alone. Yes, absolutely. So I would say, she's had your coffee, and then she was, I love you, goodbye, and leave. Okay. He allows you to go, and he kind of, on your way out, says, you know, if you ever need to talk, we are here. Well, I'm here. Okay. Where's Where's Dad? Still with the tribe? Have you heard from him? Not since you visited last time, which was, to be clear, two days ago. I'll go find him. And I leave. Nora has a thing. I thought of something I want to do while on the train. Yeah, for sure. The Feywild. Uh, I have a Sending Stone, half of which with is... uh, With is? I have a Sending Stone. I have one half of it. Yes. The other half belongs to a journalist contact that we have previously established. Yes, Yes. Jose. Um, I recall Jose. (laughs) Jose Vasquez, is that correct? I believe that is the name that you assigned this individual. Jose Vasquez? (laughs) No, the journalist contact. Yeah, I, I pull up my uh, confidence list, and I, like, scroll through, and I'm like, and I need well, to I got some more free time. time. Jose. <laughs> oh, Jose, we're only at a four here? Uh, no, I okay. said sending uh, internal investigations in Lone Guard and Joy Guard might be worth looking into. Okay. Juicy. Okay. Is there, like, a dining hall situation uh yes it's not quite like as formal as a like great hall in hogwarts would be but there is a common area for the preparation of food and usually there is if not a formal rotation at least like everybody knows that they're probably supposed to take one day out of every two or three weeks okay okay yeah so when she goes in, they're making breakfast. He's like, oh, hey, hey, guys, what's up? He, like, grabs a piece of fruit. He's like, this is all I'll have this morning. Crunch, I got somewhere to be. I'll see you guys later. They're like, aren't you going back? He's like, I got a thing. See you later. And, like, walks off. <laughs> He's just really awkward. <laughs> I was like, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up? How's it going? <laughs> like, saying hi to everybody. <laughs> One of them is just like, Benji, we thought you had, like, a stomach bug or something. Sure. See you later. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of do. He, like, reveals a little bit of his bruises. (laughs) As you walk out, uh, the same individual just kind of glances at their uh, breakfast mates and goes, What? Uh, Cal, are you doing anything I'll particular? I'll need to borrow your notes later. <laughs> yeah, do we, is, is there that time to go to class? Cal would definitely want to go to class. Do you want to talk to, like, a professor Uh, you probably have, like, an 8 a.m. class that yeah. would get done around 
10, and yeah. I don't think they're meeting in the Feywild until 11, so okay. we could probably Cowboy attend the early class. Great. Um, do you have a specific topic in mind? The answer can be no. Whatever is dramatically appropriate. Yeah, I'm talking about. So here's the history of the shade I think it's probably just a class on how the four schools of thought arising from the patronage view the same thing. It is a extended metaphor or analogy of you know, in this situation, if you feel like the best thing to do is to rally the people who believe the same things that you do, convince the other people that you are correct, and lead them forward, you might be of the Sahaja Yoga thought pattern if your thought is to learn about the situation as intensely and in depth as you can, to try to discover uh, the best path forward. You might be in Tesha's favored if you want to um, sneak somewhere and uh, pursue your own path and trust that eventually the path will lead to will lead others to follow. You might be uh, Natela and then. If you would like to look to the wisdom of the ancestors, if you would um, study the thoughts of those that came before in hopes of finding a new way to apply them to your life, Boudicca's path might be for you, right? It's it's just mm-hmm. a extended how to philosophical. Yeah, it's it. What it boils down to is there isn't a incorrect way to go about solving a problem. It is how you approach it that governs like what sphere of influence it falls on. That'll do. That'll do. (laughs) Alright. I do not there. No. I know you're not there. (laughs) (laughs) Benji goes to class just Benji goes to You find ways to get it done. So Benji is lawful, right? But the thing is as a lawful person, I'm like literally thinking of my my certain kind of students who like he doesn't go when he has a good reason and he like it's always by the books you sure. know what I mean sure. it's Benji Benji might skip his 1A's but it's all called out not always mm-hmm. it's yeah. all, a yeah. 1A is a class that takes place at 8.30 8 yes exactly unnecessarily and then early. he goes to office hours and he gets the notes from someone else <laughs> and he does what he needs to do mm-hmm. alright uh, anyone else with something to do prior to the meeting do I get a response from my sender? Ah, yes, you do. Um, you hear. Thanks for the tip. Commander's implicated? How high up does this go? I cannot send another sending. Correct. <laughs> um, so, around about 11, uh, all of you find your way to Beyond Shadows, Mairead's bar in the Feywild. Mairead, I assume that at this point you are behind the bar, either doing chores or... I'm wiping the same spot on the counter over and over again. Sure. Is the bar normally open at 11? Are there people here, or is it just us? So, 
again, like, time is weird in the Feywild. Oh, right. Uh... The light is on outside, but walking in, it is just the five of you. Uh, did Everall get here before us? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Imagine them having like a booth in the back, just sitting, like hands crossed, <laughs> like a beer in front of them. Sure. And waiting, but no. Okay. No. Um, nope. Okay. Uh, check, check this out. I take out the sword. Yep. Now score! And I jump up into the air. <laughs> I got a flag, a flag speed now. Flying yeah. around a little bit. Whoa! Yeah, for six seconds you have a flying speed. Whew! That's pretty cool, huh? Oh, that that's was pretty sick. cool, yeah. Don't poke that into my rafters there. Oh, of course not. <laughs> that was sick. So says Thanks. you, but I've seen weirder. Well, you probably haven't seen anybody who is as in tune with their blade as I am. Humble as ever, you see. At this point, the door swings open. Um, a being that you are pretty sure is Everall walks in. Their hair is not only the color, but also the texture of like autumn leaves. It oh. looks like there are veins running through it. Um, their skin is a deep tan, and their Clothing is still the dark blue and silver uh, with the Joy Guard sigil on their shoulder with the golden uh, band around it, but they just seem a little bit... There's there's a spring in their step that wasn't there yesterday. Um, They just seem a little bit more on top of things. Um, the same facial features that Everald had yesterday. Um, many of the same kind of, they hold themselves the same way. Their appearance has just completely shifted. Uh, entering with them, there is a second individual, uh, completely cowled. So about six foot tall, wearing a long cloak with a deep hood. Um, and none of the light pierces the hood at all. And uh, Everell sees the five of you. Are you at the bar? Are you at a booth? Mm-hmm. What's yeah, I'll come in a booth. Okay. I'm at the bar. All right. Uh, Everell will pull up two chairs. The hooded and cowled individual sits down next to him. And they say, Mairead, um, you're part of this. You want to come over here? Oh, sure, as long as you tell me who your friend is there. Uh, if you tell me what I think you're about to tell you, my friend here will speak up. I'll come over and sit down. Okay. Um, Everall says, I want to know about this, uh, this fight in the quarry. As much as you can tell me. As much as you feel comfortable telling me. But I will say, my duty, first and foremost, is to this city and to the people who live here. I will swear and avow that. If you want me to go find somebody to cast a zone of truth, I will avow that. I am trying to save lives. That's all I'm trying to do. I'll do an insight check on that. Just go for it. Absolutely. Uh, Three. Cool. 
They oh. s- they seem very serious. Wisdom-based character Benji, that I yeah. forget is a wisdom-based <laughs> character. character. Yeah. Um, got a 21. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling the vibes. Yeah. There is a note of gravitas to Everalt's voice. Um, you realize that you are hearing the voice of someone who has been in this position for 60 years. This is someone who believes in the city, believes in what it can represent, and actively wants the best for the city. I really respect your desire. Thanks. Okay. Well. So. I can start speaking if no one else is Oh, why not, Nora? You always do all the speaking anyway. Well, hold, hold on now. Uh, Kel, I, I believe you wanted to share your view of these events. Um, that's okay. Go ahead and start. I would like to hear from all of you what your thoughts, opinions, impressions of whatever you experienced were. I understand that some of you may feel as though other members of this group are more charismatic or more well-spoken than you are, but I would emphasize that no one else is looking out through your eyes. You are the only one who saw the things that you saw. Well. We tracked the gnolls from the Fey Court to a point where there was a burned black line within the ground. We surmised that that was a teleportation location, and so we uh, cross-referenced maps of the city and managed to figure out where it came out in the district glitter, sparkling. That was that was clever. Um, that's a good piece of investigation. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised, but that was clever. Uh, you figured that they were co-opting the portal network within Sparkling? Yes, and um, we later did end up going to Vigil's Rest, and that is... Um, <clears throat> Nora kind of like looks at Kel a little bit and says, there are some disreferences that should be looked into there. Hmm. Um, Dara's young, but, uh, solid. I will do what I can to make sure that that is handled well. Can you give me any details about what the discrepancies might be, or it'll help in, help in investigation? Uh, Nora, like, fidgets a little bit, and then touches her wand at the side, and uh, in Kel's head, you hear, you should tell them about all the keep, like, tell them about the ley line power transfer. What are, what are my options here? So you can respond to the message. Uh, I believe you have 25 words-ish. Yeah. Ish. Um, you speak in a whisper that is imperceptible to anyone else. Nora hears it in her mind. This is a almost telepathy ability. Um, I mean, I, I think Kel 
shouldn't be normally accessible and we don't know how it was activated that's a good point <clears throat> all right um and so. everald actually pulls out like a journal and makes you can read upside down they are writing basically uh portal ne network compromised uh investigation required <clears throat> that sort of thing so we the location where it came out was an abandoned quarry in ring number three, believe. Valley four. Valley four. Um, and we descended into the quarry. Uh, there were essentially two lines of defense. There were a few gnolls camped out at the front, uh, at the top level of a shaft. Um, they seemed to be uh, dug in there for quite a while. There was a storeroom with a considerable quantity of meat, and there was a sniper section. Is that correct? Yes. That's accurate. Yes. Yep. All right. Uh, after clearing out that top uh, layer, uh, here I must insist, because apparently it is now required of us that they struck the first shots. <coughs> That's absolutely true. I believe you. Uh, we managed to find a crane that would take us down. After some light acrobatics, we took the crane down to the bottom level where there was a ritual of some sort being performed on Ciceris. There were four or five gnolls overall. One seemed to be a spellcaster of some time. One I would describe as, as a chieftain. And then there was uh, the individual that I described in court yesterday with the wolf mask and the spider legs. The individual with the cowl leans forward and you can't really see what's happening, but looks as though they are placing their elbows on their knees and folding their hands before them. We fought with them. Uh, we managed to stop the ritual that would have converted Ciceris into a... Uh, Avatar of Yagi. The wolf masked individual managed to escape uh, through a portal of some kind. What were they using as the focus for the ritual? Apparently, that's on your notes. <clears throat> uh, what was that then, dude? Was it the tree? There was a pile of null corpses underneath yeah. the treant. I s that might have been the focus or the energy for it. I they kept sacrificing things. Yeah. Sacrificing. Each there was themselves, their own kind. There was a lot of blood. Was there a book of some kind? I can't. That's the only thing I would be able to recollect. Normally. Hmm. Normally. All right, you know what? You have done a great service for this city. Normally, in the past, when members of the Garda have encountered such things, rituals intended to contact the outer plane to reach beyond what the gods have established as our boundaries of power, there has been a focus item, 
a connection to some previous humanoid civilization, something that predates the wall separating the inner from the outer. Uh, if you are saying that there wasn't such an item, that's concerning. That means that somebody has rediscovered a branch of lost magic. Nora is going to uh, fidget with her wand again, mm -hmm. and she's going to say to Baruch, she's like, your sword? It was certainly glowing. I can't think what it would be. Okay. It might be buried under those, those corpses, then I'll... Uh, send someone to check it out, someone that I can actually trust. Um, if not, go check it out myself. Um, the whole scene is worth a full investigation. I, was. I agree. There were a few items that we took off of them. They had an altar with a human that looked like it had been stitched together out of several other humans. That uh, human did hold a number of items on them. I was able to identify them, though. They all are if not common magic items, identified magic items. None of them displayed a strange mix of magics, something that you hadn't seen before? Not that I know of. Make a deception no, check. Nothing on the body had a strange mix of magics. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> just make a charisma check for me. Just general charisma? Just, uh, you can add your proficiency if you want to. General being chill check. Uh, 16. Okay. All right, Everall kind of nods um, and says, it's a shame that you couldn't find a focus item, uh, if there was one. We'll take a poke around, but if we don't find anything of the sort, that's, uh, that's concerning. What? At what point did you become aware? Sorry, Baruch? What, what use would this focus item be, what would they have been doing with it? Maybe it would help us identify it. It's, um, and Everett again glances at the cowled individual. You can see at this point that they uh, shift slightly so that the arms that they were leaning forward pull their uh, hands flat, palm to palm, almost against their lips, which are still buried in the cowl. The hands, when they are revealed, are a dark, dus dusky brown, um, almost shading to black, and you can see intricate tattooing all over the backs of their hands. Um, Everell says, focus items like this are rare and old. They serve a certain archaeological purpose. You can normally only find them in ruins from, if not from the first ones, then shortly after the first ones. Um, they tend to be interwoven with schools of magic that we find hard to identify now, something from beyond the, the uh, nine schools that we know. And they tend to be items that cults spring up with. We don't know why, but something, either something reaches through, inspires 
darkness or something is reaching through and inspiring folk to seek these items out. You mentioned that this uh, wolf-helmed individual threw something against the wall and opened a portal. Yes. Is that all that you can tell us? Uh, again, fidgeting. Mm-hmm. Whisper to uh, Mairead. I won't say anything if you don't want me to. Yes, the individual identified Mairead by name, saying uh, he waits for you. Mm. Alright. Those rather off-put hands. Uh, the hands that are folded before the cowled individual uh, reach deeper into the hood, and you can see them kind of rubbing at what you think might be a chin or a mouth. Um, Everalt says, anything weird about the portal itself? Did you see where it was going? I couldn't tell you where it went. You didn't see anything through. It was pure black. Oh, that's wise. At this point, Everell looks at their companion and actually sits back in the chair. The companion, leaning forward, places their hands folded before them on the table and says, um, Pure black? Could not yeah. see into yes. it. What color were the flames? I don't remember. Kind of deep. Blue? Purple? I can't say. So, you will only remember this is yesterday. Uh, the portal was blue when it was originally uh, placed against the wall. The flames curled outward, which was standard. Then they turned red and shifted to curl inward. You can choose not to tell this individual any of that, if you would like. I don't remember. They were, they were blue. Uh, fairly certain. I remember blue. Mm. I don't remember. I've lost it from my memory. They will sigh, and then their hands will go up to remove their hood. And you see a dark-skinned elf sitting before you with jet black hair uh, and an intricate set of tattoos scrawled across their face uh, and up their forehead. Um, Their hair is long and braided. It it appears to be like thick um, with a a curly consistency to it. Um, And they wear a set of rings on both hands. And they say... um, some of this makes sense. Some of it is less so. And then they reach up under their cloak. Yes. For clarification, no. when you say dark-skinned elf, do you mean like a drow elf coloration or like a black elf? Um, not drow. Okay. You can tell at first glance that this isn't drow. This would be someone who has the color coloration that we think of as black. African coloration, uh, who is an elf. Um, They then reach up to 
their left arm, where you know that uh, Everalt wears the symbol of the Joy Guard, pull something off and place it upwards on the table. It is a shield, the same symbol as the guard I have all throughout Ekatara. The inside of it is pitch black. There is no symbol whatsoever. The individual says, I am Gateguard Commander Ishan, and looks directly at Moraine and says, You met one of my lieutenants when you were very young. Ray just stops breathing mm-hmm. and closes her eyes. Uh, it is worth noting, none of you except Maraid have ever heard of the Gate Guard before. I'm sorry, I was a Hearth Guard member for many years. I've never heard of the Gate Guard. I know. And if we had our way, you never would. I am concerned, although certain factors don't quite add up. You mentioned a wolf helm, spider legs. This is something we have seen. This is something that we have seen beyond shadows. And looks directly at Maraid again. Maraid says, I don't want to be a part of this. And she stands up and just starts walking upstairs. Alright, and that's where we're going to call it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Verbal Component. Thank you for joining us. You can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Verbal Component. See you next time.